Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Koan, the dedicated OKR platform. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Harrison, Harrison Kim, the CEO of PaveStep, and we're going to be talking about the importance of continuous feedback. So Harrison, if you don't mind for our listeners, will you just briefly introduce yourself, please? Of course. Hi, Jenny. Uh, Good morning and good afternoon. My name is uh, Harrison and I'm with PaveStep. We are a SaaS solution that makes performance management simple and effective. We help employees share better feedback with each other, manage goals and objectives, and streamline performance reviews. Um, And I'm calling in today from New York, where it looks like we're finally going to get some beautiful weather. (laughs) Oh, I'm jealous. We've got hailstones and heavy wind in the UK at the moment, (laughs) so slightly different for us. Um, Perfect. Thanks, Harrison. So um, I guess we'll dive straight into the topic of the conversation for today then. So we're going to be talking about the importance of continuous feedback and why it's so important for high performance. So tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, First, I'll actually tackle why feedback in general is important. Uh, in the first place. I think most of us intuitively understand this, but when executed well, right, feedback is a powerful yet inexpensive tool that can develop and motivate employees. So if you provide well-intended behavior-based and forward-looking feedback, you're really able to kind of, one, clarify expectations. Um, We all know how easy it is to miscommunicate what and how things need to be done, especially in the current remote environment for many of us uh, and feedback helps clarify expectations. That's number one. Second is you can develop skills in real time, right? I mean, feedback becomes a strong reinforcer and friend of learning and development initiatives that organizations put in place. Uh, You know, when you have these classes or webinars or other L&D content once a month, once every quarter, once every year even, right? Um, You know, that's not enough. You need Mm. continuous reinforcement of that. Third, feedback motivates people. I mean, when delivered well, especially with positive feedback, right, it validates and celebrates people's behaviors. And most of us just want to do a good job and get recognized for it Mm -hmm. and continue growing, right? So that's, I think that's pretty simple. And a lot of us kind of get that intuitively. And lastly, number four, I think it really does build strong relationships between the giver and the receiver, especially if you want to create an apprenticeship or a mentorship type of relationship, feedback can be very helpful. Um, And you know, one of, one of the most, one of the powerful, most, most powerful drivers of employee retention is meaningful relationships at the workplace. Yeah. Um, so this also has impact on the company level as well. So that's why I think feedback in general is important. Now, when we discuss continuous feedback and why con- the, the continuous aspect is important, I have an awesome saying from a friend uh, and he said, you know, you don't look at your bank account once a year. Why would you do that with your employees? <laughs> which I thought was pretty awesome. And, um, you know, continuous feedback is important because you can celebrate or course correct people's behaviors in real time. And it's just more accurate, right? Recency bias is a real thing. I mean, I don't even remember what I had for lunch last Thursday. So how am I going to remember anything that someone else has done in the last six or 12 months, Mm -hmm. right? You just need to be uh, more mindful of that and and be able to give feedback in real time uh, rather than once, twice, three times a year. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's probably even more so as the world gets faster and faster and faster. I think people, like you say, we we kind of at TBG have a Monday morning check-in and sometimes it's like, I don't even remember what I did on Friday. <laughs> right. So something that is completely true that you've got to do it continuously with people. Great. Um, so you mentioned there in, in, that, in that answer about kind of positive feedback usually. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people may associate the word feedback with maybe negative <laughs> connotations depending yeah. on their experience. 
But I suppose is it just as important to provide both negative and feedback, uh, positive feedback as well? Yeah, absolutely. So this is a funny trap that many people fall into, right? They see the word feedback and they automatically think it's going to be something negative mm-hmm. or development focused. Um, and I do this sometimes too. I, we, we call feedback, you know, the F word in the workplace. And, <laughs> and it's of course important to provide positive feedback, right? In fact, I actually think what's more important is making sure that the feedback is meaningful, detailed, and you know, constructive, regardless of whether it's positive or negative, right? So like, if you think about positive feedback, like, hey, great job, or giving high fives, right? That doesn't really take employees that far, right? Mm-hmm. You got to provide high quality and meaningful feedback if you really want to see impact with your employees. Um, so I absolutely do think positive feedback is important. But, you know, above and beyond that, you got to think about, you know, whether your feedback is meaningful. Yeah, give a purpose behind it, I guess, like you say. Um, great. So um, one thing I mentioned that we were going to speak about earlier was high performance. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to high performance, is feedback really the only way we can achieve it? No, I mean, mm-hmm. I do think it's a requirement for sustained high performance, but there are many other drivers of performance, of course, and they all kind of work together or need to work together. Um, and so things that I can think about is things that I can think about are, you know, alignment with purpose and vision of the company, for yeah. example, um, clear expectations and objectives, of course, like OKRs and things like that help a lot in that regard, autonomy in certain cases, money, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. even, uh, and, and physical and psychological safety, right? We obviously yeah. saw a pretty big importance of this in the last 12 months for many people. And, um, the one thing that I'll mention here is, what matters for your teams will depend a lot on this individual or the team's preferences as well, right? As leaders, this is, I think, one of the biggest things and most important things that we have to get right, truly understanding what motivates our teams and how to utilize that knowledge to actually drive high performance. And again, each person is different. Each team is different. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by something else. Um, I think it's you know, your job to kind of figure that out and try to you know, leverage that as much as possible. All about knowing your people, I guess, like you say. Yeah. And it's hard, right? I mean, for example, if somebody is really motivated by, you know, position and and money, right? I don't don't put judgment that that's bad. I just want to know, but it's going to be very difficult for, you know, this person to be like, yes, I want more money, (laughs) right? I think that's a very transparent conversation that a lot of us are kind of afraid to have. Mm. And, And if you're a manager... Again, you know, I, I'm of the belief that, you know, money isn't a good or a bad thing. It's just a motivator for some people and it isn't for some other people. If it is, I would love to know so that I can make sure that I can pull on that and utilize that as much as possible. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's definitely not as easy as it sounds. Koan is a purpose built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Coan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favorite features about Coan? So the thing that I really love about Coan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that which obviously brings really good collaboration you know they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system 
Great. Um, and I think one of the things that we've spoken about quite a lot at TVG at the moment is um, kind of that purpose behind work and how people are more and more valuing that as well. Mm-hmm, so it's almost mm-hmm. like you say, it's just knowing your people and kind of what drives them in the right. workplace and then working on that. Um, so we've spoken about giving feedback, but how important is it also to kind of receive feedback as a leader? So some of our listeners will be leading organizations. They'll be kind of high up in positions and they may not receive feedback as often as they give it to their team. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose where do they turn for that feedback and is it valuable for them to get it as well? Yeah. So the first question around kind of the importance of receiving feedback, I think receiving feedback may be more difficult than sharing feedback, honestly, mm-hmm. for many of us. Um, when we're faced with feedback, especially if it's negative or development focused, a lot of people get triggered, right? To fight, freeze, or flight, right? Yeah. And, and, and this really does require a lot of practice and time for us to receive feedback effectively, not think ahead, take it as what it is, and, and really have a productive conversation. So this does require practice and time. And I think this is a real skill that people need to practice. And the, on your second question for the leaders, um, you should always, always, always be asking for feedback. Mm-hmm. Not only is it great for you to great for you to uncover your blind spots personally, right? But it's also it also allows your employees to be more honest with each other, right? The way we think about kind of the culture shift or the behavior shift at PaveStep, because at the end of the day, like sharing feedback um, and enabling this kind of feedback culture does really require change management. One mm-hmm. of the biggest things that we believe in is sponsorship is a big, big driver or an enabler, right? You need to have your leadership team and managers really kind of uh, walk the talk, right? And the one way, one very easy way to do that is like, hey, I would really like feedback from you and like, you know, taking it as, a, as a, and, uh, and really um, sh- uh, putting an example as a leader. Yeah, and we're completely with you on that. It's something we very much advocate in OKR implementation is kind of having that champion person that mm-hmm. like leads kind of very much on, on the kind of implementation of the process. Um, like you say, if they don't walk the walk, then they're generally their teams generally aren't going to walk the walk as well. So Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned it earlier, and obviously something we're all living through. We're both doing this podcast recording from home. So <laughs> um, the world got pretty much turned upside down last year. Um, yep. And everyone's now working from home offices, kitchen tables, sofas, beds, wherever it may be. <laughs> um, so I guess, does that make the feedback process more difficult? And there's, is there any kind of tips you would share for sharing feedback remotely? Yeah. So I think it has made the feedback process more difficult, especially if you are an organization that actually had a strong feedback culture, as funny as that sounds. Um, Because if you had a strong feedback culture, you know, typically you'd just be working in the room with your team members or walk down the hall to a client meeting and be be able to organically and informally share feedback with colleagues, right? Like that is kind of non-existent in the remote world because we're all about, hey, let's book a meeting for a particular purpose and have that meeting and, you know, I'm going to go do my thing. Um, So that's, I think those organizations are actually hit the most. A tip that I would share is really think about your company and where its culture and maturity is related to feedback. You know, for example, if feedback is not really existing and it's not really there in your culture today and it, it never was, and a lot of companies are in this spot, right? then start by educating employees and piloting processes and tools, right? You got to educate people first on the importance and the how of feedback, and then start thinking about piloting certain things. If it was 
kind of there already, but you're having trouble with the remote workforce, then I think it's, you can kind of skip the education component and really think about how to naturally put it into your work, uh, uh, workflow and your culture, given the remote environment today, whether it's a process, whether it's a tool, you know, it'll, you'll, you'll have to make that decision, uh, but you want to start creating intentionally those, those spaces and times for feedback in, in your employees' everyday work. Yeah, and I think um, it kind of leads me nicely into my next question. Um, and something we talk about a lot at TVG is check-ins and mm. how important they, they are. And especially now, we kind of live in a remote world. And something we've done at Team TVG is definitely probably increase the amount of check-ins we have now. We're yeah. um, and not just kind of work check-ins as well, work like are you okay check-ins as well, which is yeah. obviously really supportive. Um, so what's your thoughts on check-ins and do you have any tips for how to structure a meaningful check-in? Yeah. I mean, check-ins have always been pretty important, I think, but definitely something that needs to be uh, held well in the remote environment and be intentional, even just to sustain the connectivity of the teams like you just mm -hmm. talked about, right? Um, on tips, I would really give two tips on having meaningful check-ins. So one is whatever you do for your check-ins, uh, make the expectations clear and make sure people prepare for it. I cannot tell you how many teams that I talk to that have this check-in thing on a daily or weekly basis, but nobody actually knows exactly what they're supposed to talk about, whether it's like, okay, let's talk about what we did yesterday and what we're going to do tomorrow. Or are you talking about specific blockers or whatever, or all of the above, right? Mm -hmm. I think as a manager, just making sure that's really clear and making sure that people actually prepare for it is really important. The second thing I would say, and this is especially applicable if it's the big group check-in, right? Whether it's kind of like a weekly, you know, department-wide or company-wide check-in, be mindful of others' times. Mm -hmm. I often see incidences where people start problem solving or discussing something live and taking everyone else's time. It's like, oh, that issue sounds interesting. You know, Jenny and I will talk through it in front of 40 other people, right? If your check-ins are with broader groups, just save that for later, right? Unless mm -hmm. it's something that everyone else needs to be looped into because, there's nothing worse than you sitting in a you know meeting for 35, 45 minutes where it literally has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think just to kind of touch on that as well, what you mentioned there, I suppose it was something that we found is when, um, especially like you, you said in one of your earlier answers about you don't have those regular conversations where you bump into people at the coffee machine mm. or, the, or the water cooler or whatever it is. And I suppose the check-ins now is that opportunity where people may, may talk about what they did yesterday and what they're doing today, which is great. And you actually think as another person, I can get involved with that. I can offer support on that. Or right. that's something that marketing should be speaking about it and they don't know about it but I suppose because we're all remote now you might not necessarily pick up on things like that if it's not put into like a formal email or a formal meeting mm -hmm. so I think definitely like you say I think it's kind of keeping it on track rather than going off and having full-blown 40-minute conversations about something potentially right right absolutely absolutely um, so we've kind of discussed there are multiple benefits to giving and receiving continuous feedback mm. so in your opinion does that mean the annual appraisal is a thing of the past yeah, this is an interesting topic. And I think a lot of um, companies and people and leaders have talked about this and thought about this and implemented a whole bunch of different things to test it out. So my short answer is I don't think so necessarily. I think it really depends on your people and performance management strategy. But you know, more formal performance reviews can be a very helpful tool to have a more reflective conversation at the end of the year or every six months or whatever it may be. 
Also, you know, many companies have their annual compensation and promotion cycles that will match nicely with uh, kind of the review cycle, right? And you want to kind of, you know, sync those two things to, or a few things together, uh, you may choose to, um, so that you can have those conversations and be more efficient. Ongoing feedback can make reviews much, much more simple, streamlined, and help employees avoid surprises, right? Yeah. right? That's, that's really what you want. Um, reviews should just be a very simple process that isn't super time consuming because you're just, you're just looking back at all of the feedback and the progress you've made so far, which have already been kind of delivered and documented, right? And then thinking about what to do going forward. So, um, you know, you can really streamline ongoing, you know, feedback or uh, formal reviews with your ongoing feedback. And, and I think they are typically complementary. Yeah, more of an extended reflection of kind of what you've been working on, maybe for like like the last six months or last year, but you've had that continuous feedback. So like you say, nothing's just dropped on you that you weren't expecting to know about. Right, right. And it's a good chance for employees to really bring up their future goals as well, mm. right? I think it's it's not easy to kind of bring that up all the time in an ongoing feedback kind of context or setting. Um, so when you have those six months, 12 months, you know, check-in or formal you know, review conversations, that's where you need to really start thinking about like, okay, what does my next, you know, what do my next six or 12 months look like? And, and try to align that with, you know, what the manager is thinking as well. So um, I do think there is a place for it. You know, it doesn't have to be such a time consuming and painful process mm-hmm. where you're running around with like hundred different emails and hundred different phone calls. Um, you know, you can, you can really streamline it, but I do think it is, uh, definitely there's a place for it in many organizations. Yeah. And I think it's still very much the format that a lot of organizations want to use as well. So I think, like you say, it does still fit. Um, well, I've, I've kind of loved this conversation and I think it gives our listeners a real insight to kind of feedback, continuous feedback and how it delivers kind of high performance for people. But before we kind of sign off, I just wanted to come to you for any th- final thoughts really that you want to leave with our listeners. Yeah. So one thing that I would mention is when you think about performance management, um, a lot of people think about performance management as you know a part of the employee experience life cycle, right? You've got the you know, the hiring slash recruiting, you've got the onboarding, you've got, you know, training, L&D and all that good stuff. Performance management is one of it. I kind of challenge that linear thinking, actually. I think about performance management as a, a kind of a core, like centerpiece of employee experience. The reason why I say this, obviously I'm a little bit biased here, but, <laughs> but the way you should think about performance management, performance data, really, that is what you are making your, um, employee decisions on, mm. whether it's compensation, whether it's progression, whether it's uh, even L&D or training, right? You should understand people's you know, weaknesses or areas of development before you actually provide them with the personalized L&D. And that comes from their performance, right? Um, and understanding their feedback and their behaviors. So what I would recommend is like, whether you use a tool or some kind of other mechanism, try to get it as accurately as possible right? Um, whether it's feedback or their goals or their tasks or their reviews, try to document as much as possible because this is really valuable data that you need to have in order to make better decisions about your people. And, you know, when you start doing that, you start getting away from just relying on your middle manager's biases and gut mm. feelings, right? Mm. And that's that's going to be even more important, honestly, going forward on a separate note, um, given the remote environment and given kind of h- how much focus there is on, um unjust terminations in companies, um, you're going to want documentation even from that perspective as well. Uh, something to think about. 
Definitely. And that's really interesting. I think when you speak about kind of having that data to make decisions about team members or make decisions with team members, something I've been writing about recently is um, how OKRs can help leaders um, notice basically if there's burnout in their team members. Mm-hmm. And I think like like you say that it might be that it, you have these continuous feedback discussions and it might be that they need extra resource or they need support in another way. So it's not always just kind of the things that you always nat- naturally associate, I guess, with feedback, but it gives you that op- opportunity to actually check in on your people as well, yep. um, which I think is, is more important than maybe ever, it ever has been. Um, great. Well, thank you for joining me in Absolutely. our virtual studio. Um, it's been a great episode of Giant Talk and I'm sure our listeners have loved you being on this episode with me. Um, as always guys we love to hear your feedback about our episodes so feel free to drop us a note on social media or on our email at growth at therebygiants.com feel free to pop onto your podcast provider and give us a review ideally five star would be lovely um, but obviously <laughs> this one <laughs> <laughs> if it's not five star obviously tell us why and we'll obviously try and improve giant talk for you so kind of all that's left to be said is um, stay safe and we'll see you next time for another episode of giant talk and thanks again Harrison awesome thank you thank you